Amen. I know some of us probably had a long day or long evening, but how many know that God is worthy of all the praise? Amen. And what I love about this walk with God, you're not praising the man of God, but you're praising the word that is in that particular man or that particular woman. Amen. Because it's the word is what carries us. Amen. The word is what's going to take us through the night. The word is what's going to wake us up the next day. The word is going to get us through our next turmoil. The word of God is what's needed in our lives. Amen. So we should be happy about the word of God. We should celebrate the word of God because it's something that, that encourages all of us. Amen. I know myself, I'm a little tired. My, I hurt my back a few weeks ago moving and I'm struggling myself but how many know that when the power of God steps in all of a sudden the your feelings and how you feel about life and how you feel about your circumstances don't even matter anymore amen because what happens is you step in the, the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within you amen so it's no longer you walking it's no longer you talking it's no longer you thinking about what's going on in you but it's the Christ the hope of glory that resides within us amen so that's something to be excited about. Amen. I know it's been a long day and this morning may have been a long little lengthy this morning. I know even myself I'm like oh man I, I don't even know what to say. But because it's been said <laughs> you guys have blessed we have blessed each other. Amen. But I just want to uh, share this briefly with you and it, I think you will be blessed because I believe it's a word from God because whenever I struggle with the word of God and I don't get clear direction, that means that I have to rely on the Holy Spirit like even, like never before. And that's when I know that it's not my thinking or my writing, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you can turn with me uh, to two places. The first place is Exodus chapter 13, verses uh, 21 through 22 and when you get Exodus hold that spot there and then I want you to turn to Colossians 1 verse 27 amen, amen. Exodus 13 verse 21 through 22 first and then we're going to read Colossians verse 1 I mean chapter 1 verse 27 when you have it say amen, amen. and starting in Exodus 13 and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud of a cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Amen. Colossians 1:27 reads to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this afternoon thanking you for your word. I decrease that you may increase. I pray right now that something will be said to encourage all of our hearts. And we just thank you for your word on this day, oh God, how you led the children of Israel by day and you led them by night and you took them to their next destination. And when we come to the New Testament, Christ is our hope. He is the glory that was revealed in the Old Testament that come to life in the New Testament. So we thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit your power, your presence that was able to lead millions of people out of their bondage and able to come and dwell within us today. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. As I was preparing for this message, um, that I was looking at some uh, pictures from uh, the cruise and 
uh, one of the pictures stood out to us because it, we, we were marveled that during the day we saw the, this moon. And I'm not sure if you ever saw this before, but the moon was bright and you could see it in the daytime and it just stood out. I mean, it was a clear sky. I mean, you could just see it was just like if it was right in front of us. We could see the moon as we were on the deck and we was looking out. But that night, and um, Ricky has not, um, we haven't been together long enough for her to understand that sometimes I get revelation and I get very, very quiet and I don't say anything. I'm just in awe of God. But that night, that same particular direction, we looked again and it was, the moon was red. And it was bright red, and we couldn't understand, you know, we were just like, man, what's that? We, we thought it was some plane, or we, we didn't really know what it was. But then we found out as we traveled that it was actually the moon, and the, whatever was going on, it was actually red. And then as I was sitting there on the deck, it reminded me of the story of how the children of Israel, when they were on their way out of bondage, and they were being led um, into their promised land, how the how God directed Moses to let him know that I'm going to be with you coming out of this situation. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to bring my glory down here with you, and my glory is what's going to lead you into your promised land. Amen? So by day, it was a cloud, and whenever the cloud moved, they moved. Whenever the cloud didn't move, they didn't move. At night, whenever the pillar of fire moved, they moved. But whenever the pillar of fire stopped, they stopped. And, 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 and it's amazing that God used a cloud and he used fire. Amen. And when we get to the New Testament and we get to where uh, we've been talking about for, all the, for many weeks about the Holy Spirit, isn't it uh, amazing that in uh, Corinthians, I mean, in uh, Acts 1, how God says that the room was filled like a cloud. And, and not only was it filled with like a cloud, but it was it fell on them like fire. So that resembled the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Spirit was guiding them in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit is guiding them and guiding us today. Amen. So that leads me to a simple topic. When God, when God's glory moves, we move. When his Holy Spirit tells us to wait, we wait. When God's glory moves, you move. <laughs> when God says wait, you wait. Amen. So if the cloud is moving, we moving. If, the, if it ain't moving, we still. Amen. Because we are being guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is, is a type of glory. Amen. And I, I just want to bring us up to date or give us, give us an idea about what I'm referring to about the glory and how in the Old Testament, how it was a symbol of what was to come and how it came in the New Testament. Amen. Amen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat on each of them. Immediately before his ascension, Jesus looked ahead to this day as he spoke of the promise of the Father that would come. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, He ye have heard of me. Acts 1, verse 4 through 5. As surely as God, as surely as his glory has been manifested in the wilderness journey, through a cloud by day and fire by night, so also is this visitation astonishing and is similar 
to what happened in the upper room. Now, we got to picture this. Catch this picture with me. Picture yourself as a young boy or girl traveling through the wilderness with Moses. Time after time, you observe supernatural occurrences that confirm God's physical presence in the midst. A mysterious cloud settles on a tabernacle, and the Lord floods it with his glory. In a similar way, the cloud burns with fire by night. You always halt your travels until the cloud of the fire lifts from off the tabernacle. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. Exodus 13, 21. Now, this is what gets me when, when we are waiting, when, 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 when the cloud stops, we in what we would call in the New Testament a Terry moment. Amen. That's where we're waiting for an answer, where we're waiting on the Holy Spirit. We're tarrying. We, we're, we're, we're in fellowship with God. But when I looked that word up, now, it, it really took me out. Luke 24 and 49 says, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Waiting is not typically a human virtue. <laughs> But just as the wilderness multitudes must wait on the glory to move, so also the upper room disciples must tarry. In many ways, the Greek word meno, M-E-N-O, translated tarry is unlike our English word wait, which can oftentimes denote wasting time, as in waiting on a red light to change or waiting for someone to do something for you that really is not planning on doing it for you. So you're sitting around wasting time. The word tarry is more accurately understood as to long expectingly. Amen? Long expectingly, much like a new father waits on his new firstborn child. Amen? So what am I saying here? That word tarry that I'm referring to and our waiting, we are to wait expectantly amen to know like just if i sit down in a chair i'm expecting that chair to hold me the same way we must be in the spirit when we are praying and we're fasting and we asking god for motivation asking god for different direction we must wait expectantly for that answer to come we can't just be waiting as uh, a mist amen because i think sometimes we do that we, we we say we gave it over to god but no we really haven't amen because we're not really expecting god to move in mighty ways amen because sometimes I, you know how i know because even within myself i have taken stuff to the altar and i walk back and the next day i have taken it with me I don't even realize it, but it's with me. It's, it, it comes up, and I'm like, man, I thought I left that at the altar. I really did not give it all over to God. I really didn't expect God to do what I asked him to do. So now I've learned that in, with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, when we wait, we're waiting expectantly for an answer. We're waiting expectantly for a result. And the expectation should be uh, 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 to bring life to you. Amen? It should put a, bring a smile on your face, knowing that when, while you wait, God is God is moving some things out of the way. Why you why you're waiting? God is opening up doors and He's bringing people, putting people in place for you to go to the next level, to get the job, or open up a, 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 a situation for you. Um, I'm learning that when God moves and when God orchestrates something, it, can't no devil in hell stop what He's trying to do because it's already been put in place. That's why the Bible says the steps of a righteous man is ordered by the Lord. So when God is ordering your steps, no man can stop what. 
God is trying to do in your life. Amen. And so while we waiting, we want to wait with joy while we waiting for the presence of the Holy Spirit to bring us an answer in our situation. Let's do it with great joy, expecting God to bring us an answer, expecting God to take us to the next level, expecting God to move mightily on our behalf. Amen. But what I guess what I'm saying is we must become radical. Amen. You got radical people out here radically doing craziness. They will die doing what they're supposed to do. But how many, how many of us are radical about the word of God? How many of us are radical to take this word and believe what, what the word says? I'm going to wait on it. I know my healing is coming. It may not be today. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I may be hurting in my back. I may be hurting in my knee. I may be hurting or whatever. But I know my deliverance is on the way. I know I'm going to wait expectantly yeah. on God. Amen. So that's what was going on in the upper room they wasn't wasting time but they were waiting expectantly for the holy spirit to come and bring them answers amen to bring what jesus promised them that was coming it was on the way amen so they were waiting expectantly not wasting time amen that's something that i've learned that we we don't have time to do anymore this world is so messed up right now we the church ministers pastors all of us we got to get ourselves together because this world is coming to an end we must now take the fight to the enemy we must know that god is with us and if he's with us he's going to go before us and we can win our communities we can win back our homes we can win back our schools we can win back all these areas that the devil has stole but we got to know and, and believe god can do it amen and, and 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 we can't go into it with false thinking we must know that god is an uh, uh, able maker god God is a way maker. God is true to his word. Just as he said, I'm coming. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit the same way in our situation. He can tell. He has told many of us that our daughters are coming home. Our sons are coming back. Uncles are being saved. All these people, things he have told us. All we need to do since the word has spoken to us, now grab it and wait expectantly for it. Amen. And what I'm learning, even if he don't answer, I'm going to continue to trust him. Because that means that, that, that whatever he's working out is for my good. Amen. That means that, that, that a lot of times the answer may be no. But that don't mean he don't love me. That means that he loves me even the more. Amen. That means he loves you even the more. Uh, uh, it's been times where God has word has been no. And I'm like, God, I know. Wait, wait a minute. Last time it was yes. But this time it could be no. And what I'm learning is just, just like he told David when he was going to fight the Amalekites uh, in the Old Testament where David went up against them one way and David thought he was going to go against them the same exact way that he went the first time. And, and, and David, the Bible says that David inquired of the Lord and the Lord told him, no, we want you to go around the, the, the backside. And when you hear me coming through the mulberry trees, that's when you're going to attack. But if he went the same way that he went before, he was going to lose the battle. So what am I saying today is that we got to rely on the Holy Spirit for direction and guidance. And when he brings us direction and guidance, we're going to get the victory. Amen. Because he has already orchestrated it and he has already worked it out on our behalf so let's trust the holy spirit let's just trust the movement of god in our lives amen like never before the holy spirit brings us empowerment amen i don't know about you i know one time years ago i was so crazy 
I was just learning how to minister, and I stood here and said that it makes you feel like you Superman. Make it feel uh, the Holy Spirit make you want to like you Batman. Like you just went down a pole and, and, and you went down with all this craziness on, and you come out a superhero. That's how the Holy Spirit is to me. I don't know how to explain it. You may explain it eloquent or a little bit better than me, but it's like that to me. When the power of the Holy Spirit resides within me, I'm no longer who I think I am or who I look like or who you think you are or who you look like. All of a sudden, you who God says you are because you embodied with the presence of Jesus Christ. You're embodied with the Holy Spirit. You're embodied with the presence of God inside of you. Amen. And, and this is what leads me to some of the point today. No, I can't go there because it's too early. But if I take you on a story about the glory and how the glory, Moses was instructed how to... Uh, how he was going to be led by the spirit. But then uh, Moses would go into what is called a tent of meetings. Amen. And when he went into this place called a tent of meetings, that's where the cloud would show up. The people were afraid because they, they said, man, something is going on over there. We want no parts of that. So they really only trusted Moses to go speak to God on their behalf. And when Moses came out, he, he, would, all, he would be white. And why he would be so white and so bright white? Because he was in the presence of God. Because he was in the presence of God. And what I love about, about how the word says that sometimes that he would go in the presence of God and he would be there for days. He would be there for three days, six days, seven days. He wouldn't just go in the presence of God and come right out, but he will linger. And that led me to one of the songs pastor sings all the time, that I will linger and I will stay in his presence day by day till his presence, till his likeness may be found in me. I will linger, I will stay in his presence until his likeness may be found in me. How many of you want his likeness? Amen. How many of you want the Holy Spirit to change who you are? To change, you know, I don't want to offend nobody, but to change our ugliness. Amen. To change our ugly talking. To change our stinking thinking. How many of us want the Holy Spirit to just come in, uh, to reside within us, to change who we are? When the Bible says that we're new creatures, we're no longer what we used to be, but now we're new creatures. Amen. We have a new mindset. We have a new way of thinking. We have a whole new way of walking in this earth. we no longer part of this earth, but we're part of the earth of God, the kingdom of God. Amen. So whatever is going to happen down here in this world, it can happen. It can go on and happen. This one thing I know, the Bible says that I'm going to look out for my men and my boys, my children, my women, whatever you are, the children of God. I'm going to take care of you in this world because you're not part of this world. And you know how I can make that testament, how I can say with confidence that God will look out for you? How many of us are Christians during a recession kept a job? How many of us have been healed in our bodies when the doctor said that you didn't have much time to live, but you were healed in your body? How many of us can testify that you have a job that you're not even qualified to have? How many of you guys can, can, can think and say that you know God is alive and well and in working in your life by the actions that he do within your life? That's why I challenge the atheists and all these different people that say that there is no God. It's, there is a God. Every day you wake up and you're able to breathe air again, there is a God. Every day that you're able to function, there is a God, and there is a true and living God, and he's alive and he's well. Amen? So, so when you say that there is no God, 
Just look at the stars. Look at the moons. Look at the seas and how the sea goes one way out but comes back in and it stops at a point because God tells it that that's far as you go. That's just how it is in our lives. Amen. When the devil comes up, the enemy, God says, look, there's a line drawn. You can't go past this line. You got to stop where I tell you to stop. And you know how I know that's true? Look at Job. Job had the fence had to be removed for the enemy to attack him. So that lets me know that God has a fence all around us. So if he don't release that fence or he doesn't lower that fence, the enemy can't touch us. Amen. So that's something to be excited about. Amen. So we're talking about the glory. So the glory over time, uh, they went from the tent of meeting, and then they went to what was called the tabernacle, and then they ended up with Solomon building the temple. And what was good about Solomon building the temple, you find this in 1 Kings chapter 8, is that when they went to dedicate the temple, the presence of God was so thick and so heavy in the place that the Bible says that the priest got up to minister and could not minister because the presence of God was so thick in the place. So that's what, that's when, when you, when Overseer was encouraging us about praising God and worshiping God, it kind of reminded me of that. And I said, God, we're going to share that today. How we want the presence of God, the glory. It's, it's not just his presence, but it's his glory. Amen. That's what resides within us. It is his glory. Amen. We want the glory of God to flood this place. Amen. And when, the, when, when in the Old Testament, they used to have what was called wherever the bread was and the bread was considered the word of God. The bread was considered uh, the ministry of God in the Old Testament. People would travel from miles and miles around to come wherever there was bread. Amen. That's how it's going to be here at Restoration. Because the glory of God is going to be here. People are going to travel from miles and miles around because of the glory. It won't be because of none of us. It won't be because of no magnificent choir. It won't be because of this eloquent preacher. But it will be because of the glory of God has rested upon the tabernacle. Amen. That's what I want to see. That's when, 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 and it would have been good today if that would happen. That uh, the glory was so thick that I got up and said, we can go at home. God bless People have been delivered, people have been saved, and we all straight, amen? I would have loved that to happen, amen? And I'm waiting to see that happen, and I've seen it happen, that restoration, where, where, where the Holy Spirit just took control of the service, and the, uh, the pastor or overseer, whoever got up to try to speak, couldn't even speak because of that cloud, the glory cloud that was thick in the place, amen? So we want the glory. We want to see it uh, around us in this house and in this place. But what happens is if we quench the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit leaves. Amen. You say, how do you quench the Holy Spirit? Because we reject it. Amen. We reject this direction. We reject this, this discipline. We reject what it tells us and encourages us. So for 400 years, when God shut up heaven to the earth, for 400 years, there was no communication. There was no glory. There was no, uh, no prophet encouraging the people. There was nothing. But one day in Bethlehem, uh, uh, the, the shepherds saw this marvelous light. 
And, and it was the angels letting them know and pronouncing that, that the Savior is born in this earth. Amen. So, so, so what was prophesied in the Old Testament today, that, that, that Savior is born in Bethlehem. He's on his way to this earth. Amen. And, and you follow this star and it's going to lead you to where he's being born. Amen. And when he, this, this is what I love. This is what glory means, that the glory is returning to his house. Amen. That meant that for 400 years, Years between the testaments, there was no communication from God. All, all people was just the Pharisees was able to come in and, and spread their lies and their hatred. Yeah. The church began to, to fall apart. That was all because of the glory had left that place. Amen. But 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 we see when Jesus came back, Jesus came back to reestablish the connection with God. He came back to reestablish his glory in the earth. Amen. He had to have a human person to live this life to encourage us amen he couldn't be the the he was the godhead he was the full godhead but he had to walk this earth fully human to let us know here that when in 2014 that we as human beings can live the god kind of life that jesus lived back then amen so the glory has come back amen and and, and when he comes back he grows up and when he, as he grows up, the Bible tells us that when he went to be baptized, amen, that when John says, no, I don't want you, I don't want to baptize you, um, you, you, you the Lord, you know, I'm not going to do this, I don't want to do this. And he says, I have need to be baptized. And that lets us know that when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit rested upon him. When he came up out of the water, uh, the Holy Spirit rested upon him, and the Spirit of God said that this is my son whom I am well pleased. And after he said that, and after he did that, not one miracle happened before he was baptized. But after he was baptized, that's when all the miracles, all the healings, all the deliverance, everything took place. Why? Because now the glory has returned to the earth. And they had to let us know that we need the Holy Spirit to function. Amen. If you try to heal somebody without the unction of the Holy Spirit, you're going to look stupid. If you try to minister to somebody without the Holy Spirit, you're going to look goofy. But with the Holy Spirit powering and moving you, all of a sudden you're superhuman. All of a sudden you are like Paul, which says in first in Colossians 1, 27, that this Christ, the hope of glory, is now here. Amen. And that was to a church that was divided. That was a, to a church that did not want anything to do uh, with God per se. Because what happened is they let uh, Pharisees, they let different doctrines come in. They let all these different things come in to disrupt and to tear down what God had established. Now, Paul wrote this from jail. And I love Paul because Paul was able to write to the Colossians church while he was in bondage, while he was in jail. And what I love also is that he wasn't in jail. He was in your normal jail. The Bible says he was in prison. He had a guard next to him. But when we studied it out, he was not actually in prison. Amen. He was in like a, what we consider a home almost. And he was changed to a God guard, but he was able to receive visitors. Visitors came. He was able to send notes. He was able to send letters. He was able to do many things while he was in prison. But he wrote this letter to the church of Kalash, letting them know that the glory which was preached unto you, the hope of this glory now resides within you. And that is the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. The, G, the Christ that was promised is now here and is now alive within you. So that's why you can say that, that, that he is our hope of glory. And it says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. So we see here that, that the Jews thought that it was just for them. But Paul was letting the, the Colossians know that no, 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 no. The Gentiles is part of this. The, the, it's going to be, God was letting us know that it's a family thing, no matter what color, no matter what race, no matter what you come from. At the end of the day, the hope is Jesus. Amen. It's not your color. It's not your denomination. It's not your race. Our hope is Jesus Christ. Amen. So the glory that was in the Old Testament leading and guiding, uh, even when you think about how Moses went to a pillar, went to a bush, and it was a fire. It was uh, fire. All these different areas, when you think about how God was leading his people in the Old Testament, now embodies us. Amen? It just doesn't, just doesn't hang around us. Before, it would talk to them through word or through deed or you meet with them. But how many know that the Holy Spirit now resides within you? Amen? The Godhead is within you. Amen? And, and the Godhead is in you, not, not, not for you to show off. Not for you to preach like you, like you some superstar preacher, but the, the glory of God is in you to bring glory to God. Amen. It's to bring glory to God in the earth. It's to let people know that, that God has worked on your life, that God has healed you, God has took you in a new direction. It ain't to bring you uh, uh, great publicity down here on this earth. The, the publicity all goes back to God. Amen. Publicity. It all goes back to God. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching young ministers and young pastors and different things. And I love the way I've been brought up under my leadership, our overseer and our pastor, to let us know it's not about us, but it's about the cross of Jesus Christ. It's not about the cars. It's not about the fame or the fortune. It's not about a church filled with thousands of people with sin and everything going on around it. And it bothers me that you can talk to someone that go to some of these larger churches and they tell you what goes on. And you, you're just amazed that that, that, can, that stuff goes on in the church such as that. But, but how many know that when the glory is not there, that's what happens. Because the glory is not there checking it. The glory is not there checking this, checking that, letting you know what's right, what's wrong. But when the glory of, of, of resides in that church, you can't do any old thing. You can't say any old thing. You can't sleep with any old body. You can't run this and run that because the glory is going to check that situation. That's why we need the glory of God. That's why we need the presence of the Holy Spirit embodying in us. Amen. When we have that spirit embodying us, we are more than conquerors we are more than conquerors we cannot be defeated when we have the word of God alive within us amen that's why the word tells us that that, that nothing can harm us now, now even one of the apostles was bit by a snake and what did he do he just shook it off because it wasn't his time to go. And that's how it is even with us. The enemy wants to tell us uh, 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 it, our time is up. We, we're old. We, we, we washed up. We, we, we didn't do this and we didn't do that. But how many know that you can't leave this earth until you accomplish what God called you to do? Until you do, you might as well enjoy this life and not even reject the devil's thoughts because it ain't time for you to go. Amen? Because that's what he, that's what he does. He tells you you're too old. Or he tells you, in my case, like, oh, you look overweight, so ain't nobody going to receive that or this or that. And how many know that when I look at Psalms 139, the Bible tells me that we're wonderfully and skillfully created, oh man, amen. So I may be a little overweight, may be a little goofy, but how many know that when the Holy Spirit embodies us, that's when we become new, amen. So overweight in all, 
I know that I got it going on because the Godhead is within us. Amen. And what I love about God, that it's not just the Holy Spirit that's residing within us. And that's what Paul was telling us in Colossians, that, that look, you got to understand that the, that the whole Trinity now resides within you. It's not just the Holy Spirit, because you can't have the Father without the Son. And you can't have the Son without the Holy Spirit. And then if you go back, you, you won't have the Holy Spirit now unless Jesus came. And you won't have Jesus now unless God released them to come to the earth. So you need all three working together in conjunction in your life to make you who you want to be, who God called you to be. It's not who you want to be, because many of us want to be some stuff that God ain't, ain't in. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And I had to learn that too, amen, the hard way. I remember years ago, I even, I love Bishop T.D. Jakes, and I got up here one time and tried to minister like T.D. Jakes, and it was the horrible experience of my life, and I went home, and God says, your name is Kenneth Jones. And I never did that again. You learn. See, you want to be used by God. And if you want to be used by God, I just don't want to be an average person used by God. I want to bring exploits to the earth for God. How many of us want to change our workplace? How many of us want to change our communities, change our homes, change wherever we walk? How many know that the glory of God can walk with us in a grocery store? The glory of God can walk with you in a restaurant. The glory of God can walk with you in so many different places that we, that's what we want. We want to bring glory to God in the earth. That's our, that's our job. That's what we're commanded to do. So to sum it all up, when God's glories move, when God's glory moves, you move. When God waits, you wait. Amen? When God's glory moves, we move. When, he, when God says wait or wait, we wait. Now, I have no idea why I fought this, this topic. for. I was like, God, that ain't what you're trying to say. I don't want. And he said, write it down. And I wrote it down just the way that I believe it came. When God's glory moves, you move. When God waits, you wait. Who that's for? I don't know. I'm, seeking, I'm asking God, am I making sure that, that I'm following what he told me to do, what he instructed me to do? Because when his glory moves, I want to move. When he says wait, I want to wait. Because he must be pausing me for a reason. Amen? How many know that, that, that when you hit pause on the, the, the TV now, you can pause a program in the middle, middle of it. I don't know if you guys got that type of cable system but you can watch a program and you can pause it now, go do whatever you want to do, chill out for a minute, and come back and hit play and it'll start and finish. All what was supposed to finish in the past, you couldn't do that. In the past, if it stopped, it stopped. And God showed me that that's what he's telling us in our lives. When I'm moving, I want you to move. When I say stop, ain't no pausing, you stop. Because what pause does means that it's just like a yield sign. You just want to take a quick pause. And many of us don't even stop at the yield sign or even yield. We, we just keep on going. It ain't even yield no more. But God is telling us to stop. He doesn't want us to yield. When he say go, we go. When he say stop, we ain't yielding. And we ain't going to pause. But we're going to stop. And we're going to wait to hear what God wants us to do. Amen. Because he wants to bring his glory back to the earth. The same glory that took the Israelites through the wilderness is the same glory that resides within us today. Amen? Amen. 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 Could we stand to our feet? Amen.